The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight it's Trouble Tuesdays. Every Tuesday I reserve this evening from uh, 10 to 11 p.m. to answer all of your questions about love, sex, and relationships. You can connect with me by going uh, by uh, texting at 514-800, by calling in at 514-790-0800, and people choose to also email me, which you can do anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. And uh, just so you know, I do answer questions throughout the week as well. So I want to make sure everybody gets their questions answered. I've got one leftover one from uh, last night. Do you know any dating websites that don't require Go Gold or Go Premium? I don't want to have to pay for things like seeing who swiped right on my profile on Tinder. I don't know, does Tinder work that way? I, I don't know much about this, by the way, so maybe if our listeners can help out, what are some uh, some sites that you've used, dating websites that you don't have to pay for? Now, I know like there's some public ones like Plenty of Fish, for example, is one that I hear a lot of people go on uh, where you don't have to pay, uh, although I'm not sure about the premium stuff on Tinder or Bumble, but you've got like Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. Those are three uh, dating apps so uh, that I know of. So if anybody else knows of any others that you would recommend for this, uh, this listener would be great. This is, by the way, if you were listening last night, this is the uh, got back a text from the socially awkward guy that had texted in uh, yesterday saying that he was looking for relationships so that he'd have some someone to talk to in the bad times and what have you. And I think most of our responses were about like, you shouldn't be looking for a partner for that problem. That's not what should motivate you. So he uh, he wrote back saying, I didn't mean for the text to be one-sided. I meant that I want a healthy relationship. Like if I had a bad day, I want to be able to talk about it with my significant other and of course vice versa. I also meant that I want to be with someone that I can be honest with and vice versa. Uh, yes, of course, like having a healthy relationship means that uh, honesty and transparency and support and respect and uh, all that is uh is there. So uh, I'm glad that you have in your head what a healthy relationship looks like because that's that's what's necessary. But I think what you were when you wrote yesterday talking about that it didn't sound like it was healthy because it sounded quite dependent and that's not what you want. That's not the purpose of a relationship for somebody to be uh, one's therapist, right? All right, here's one by email. It is my understanding that some girls struggle to orgasm. Don't get me wrong, our sex life is great, but she doesn't feel anything. Even when she masturbates, she doesn't feel anything. There are times when she does, but but it'll only be for a few seconds before she goes quiet again. She's also been like this with her exes. My question is, what could be the reason for her not reaching an orgasm and how can she have an orgasm? But you just say there are times when she does. I think what you're expecting in an orgasm may be what is causing you to say she doesn't. Because just because it doesn't last a long time, 
it, she still reaches that peak. And then there's like the slow going quiet again. Sorry, I have something in my throat. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So is it uh, uh, common for some women to have trouble reaching orgasm? No, it's not. Um, it's not uncommon. <coughs> there are some women, by the way, that orgasm while being penetrated vaginally. But most, close to 80%, need to have their clitoris stimulated. So I'm assuming there's no medical reason, first of all, why she can't reach an orgasm. But right now I'm thinking more that it's a question of um, expectation, expectation of what it is. So you may want to work on, I mean, there's some things you can work on. First of all, uh, for women, an orgasm begins in, in the brain. It's not just about the physical sensation, but it's in the head. So I want to, I would want to find out like, is she relaxed enough? Uh, is she able to just, uh, let go? Does she, what does she need? What does she need to be, um, more aroused. So this is, is something important. You can also encourage her to explore her own body to see what works for her because everybody's different. Everybody, um, gets aroused differently. Uh, some people more physical, some people even more mentally aroused. Some people need more foreplay. Uh, but certainly the clitoris is a really good place to start because that has like 8,000 nerve endings. And that is a, a, a part of the women's body that is strictly for pleasure. It has no other function than, uh, than for pleasure. If you want to know a little bit more about female sexual pleasure, now I've mentioned this multiple times, but I did do a TEDx talk on female pleasure, which you can look up on YouTube or, uh, it's on my, uh, it's on TEDx talks, YouTube, but I'm sure if you just Google my name next to TEDx, you'll find it and you can find it there. Uh, would you recommend me bleaching my pubes? One of my girls, one of the many girls I'm currently seeing, look at you, uh, suggested it, but I'm worried about the health risks involved. Um, why would you bleach your pubes? I, I'm not uh, absolutely sure why you would want to bleach that area at all. Uh, it seems to be maybe a... Is this a trend among porn stars? Maybe, um, but it could be a disaster if it's not done uh, properly. So I don't know. This is from a guy, I'm assuming, although I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have to tell you if this is a male writing me or, or a female writing me. Um, there's, You have to be so careful when bleaching uh, your genitals. I mean, a bleaching agent is like, very strong, right? You, you can't just pour it on there. You'd have to use like a mascara wand if you needed something like that. It's a very strong chemical agent. So, uh, and it, you could have a lot of unpleasant consequences like burning, uh, burning the skin. I personally, I don't think it's something that needs to be done. Uh, I'm not sure why even people would want to do it, but if you're going to do it, find something that has, the, that is the least toxic, that has the least amount of chemicals and that you can use a, uh, a, a small wand in order to, uh, in order to get to that. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, hmm, good question and a big question. Let's see, let's see if you can answer this or if you have your own theories on this. 
Why do people cheat on their partners? This one comes up so often in terms of the uh, the reasons for cheating. Is monogamy dead? Isn't that a good question? Is monogamy dead? How many of you feel that monogamy is dead? I don't think so. Um, I don't think that that's the case. I think that monogamy is a choice that uh, people still make. Uh, this question though, I think has been around a long time. I do think that some people have problems being faithful. And then I think that others have no problem being faithful to their partners. So, um, that I did, I had read something a little while back. I just can't pinpoint who it was right this minute. Uh, but it was a study done on, on, uh, people like, is it a genetic thing? Are people wired for monogamy and not wired for monogamy? Bottom line, the way I look at it, it's monogamy is still a choice. For some people, it's a difficult choice. There are people who need more, maybe more sex, more passion, more desire, more attention, more affection, uh, and they can't find the, or they don't get that from one partner. But if you know this about yourself, you should be fair to whoever you're going out with so that uh, it's clear and maybe you can get into an arrangement of consensual non-monogamy in terms of a relationship type and you would look for someone who feels the same way that you do because you want to make sure that that compatibility is there sexually speaking rather than venture out and, and end up being uh, unfaithful and, and hiding and being in secret and betraying and all of that, which of course is destructive to any relationship. Coming up, I've got a question for you about uh, the birth control pill and any other questions you have for me at 514-800 or please chime in and let me know, put in your two cents of any of the other questions that I have answered and you have something to say. to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Tonight, Trouble Tuesdays, I answer all of your questions. So a couple of uh, texts here. Uh, do your multiple partner partners know that you are playing the field? That's a good question. That's in response to uh, earlier text that said, would you recommend me bleaching my pubes? One of the many girls I'm currently seeing suggested it. Uh, very good question. And you would hope that these discussions are had, right? When you're seeing somebody, you would, I guess, maybe you don't owe them that explanation date one or two or three. I don't know what the number would be, but you would want to know if they're seeing other people or not. And uh, go on the assumption, like don't make sure you practice safe sex always because you just never know. Some people think they don't have they don't need to tell you. And if you don't ask, you, you may not know. So don't make assumptions on that. Um, but that's a, a very good question. And I think it's a discussion that people should have. If you want to know, ask, ask. Uh, hey doc, my girlfriend is interested in getting breast augmentation. She would like to know the differences between silicone and it says ceiling. I'm not sure what that is. Um, and which is the safest place for inserting them, whether it be under the armpit, under the breast fold, or through the nipple? And also, do you have any recommendations for cosmetic surgeons that are well-renowned? Um, also, as a side note, she's interested in getting 800 cc or more. So I'm not a medical doctor, and I really don't know much about uh, breast augmentation, to tell you the truth. I don't even know what 800 cc represents. Sounds like a lot, but I don't know. 
so if anybody out there knows more about this, then uh, you can share share here with our listener. Now I can give you uh, I can give you the names that I have heard of people who have been uh, surgeons that have been around for a long time. Although I'm sure there are many more great surgeons in the city, there are plenty. But the ones that come to my mind are uh, uh, doctors uh, Gaston Schwartz and George Schwartz. So those are brothers, and uh, and they have. And I think one of them has a son who's also a, a surgeon. So if you look up Schwartz, <laughs> Dr. Schwartz, there's three of them that are plastic surgeons. And Dr. Arthur Swift is another one. I've even heard him here on CJD uh, a couple of times. So that's uh, you can always start there. But ask questions. Like I'm sure that you can get a, uh, um, a consultation, a free consultation uh, just to find out. So, oh, somebody else writes, Dr. Fudanil. Is somebody else. So if anybody has experience with this, please share. I, I, I kind of like this. It's a little bit like a group therapy thing going, right, where people share with everybody else. So people helping people. This is what what's good about this. So uh, let me uh, answer another question about the pill. Uh, hey, my girlfriend started using the pill recently, and we are both in a long-term relationship, and neither of us have any STIs or diseases. But I was wondering if the pill will stop pregnancy if if I were to finish inside of her without a condom. I've heard that the pill has a higher chance of avoiding pregnancy than a condom, but I can't find many articles saying anything explicitly about finishing inside the girl without a condom. The whole point of the birth control pill in long-term couples is so you can have uh, intercourse, ejaculation inside the vagina uh, and not get pregnant. So, of course, there's no such thing as 100% protection against uh, pregnancy except uh, uh, abstinence, so uh, not having sex at all. Uh, the, the birth control pill, though, has a 99% chance of effectiveness when used properly. The problem is um, the actual percentage is about 92% because oftentimes women don't use it exactly as prescribed. So you have to make sure you use it exactly as prescribed, whether it's taking it at the same time every day, never skipping a pill. Uh, so all of that stuff. So, um, obviously the, if pregnancy is not, is definitely not in your short-term plans in, in your relationship, the more protected you are, uh, the better. So if you wanted to double up on protection, sure, a condom and birth control pill, but a birth control pill should be effective as long as you're sure that your partner is diligent about taking her pill. Uh, you don't have control over when she does take it or doesn't take it. So to protect yourself, you would want to wear a condom if you're not uh, sure about how uh, reliable she is about taking her medication. So, but otherwise, uh, you're right. If it's used properly and as directed, the pill is better than only using um, a condom. Another one says, look up the German Schwartz. Gaston is German. It's spelled different. He's an excellent plastic surgeon. So we're getting uh, uh, different names of good plastic surgeons that you could look up and see. Um, I was wondering if wearing tight fitting underwear briefs could pose any threat to my fertility in the future as I'm quite young and I want to have children later in life. I've heard many people say that if your balls are too warm, they can become infertile. 
Um, yes, that's correct, but only if you're trying at that moment to impregnate your partner. There's no long-term damage to sperm if you wear tight briefs or jocks or whatever you want to call them, uh, tight underwear uh, throughout your life until you want to have kids. And then at that point, um, you need to release your testicles a little bit. Uh, basically what it is, is that testes are kept, uh, closer that are kept closer to the body are become too hot and that can, uh, result in lower sperm count. So that's why they say like, uh, keep them lower than closer to your body. So to keep the temperature of it, but it's completely reversible. So if you're trying to make a baby, then you give your testes a chance to breathe basically and, and let them, uh, hang loose. Uh, and, until then, you can, you know, let them hang loose at different parts of the day, like when you get home from work or you get home from school or whatever, just like, you know, women get home and take off their bras. Uh, you can do that uh, as well. But it's not something that I would, uh, I would worry about. I sometimes wonder how much pleasure the performer gets to, gets to do the gif the scenes and I sometimes think it's unfair this is about pornography and I sometimes think it's unfair to see these guys with women I fantasize about and then I realize they're actors and some are good but how fake is porn and what are the insides I think I guess you want to know what the inside scoop is I, I, I really don't have an answer for this simply because there are so many different kinds of porn and so many different reasons why people to cho who choose to perform in porn for a lot of women who are uh, porn actors they say they do it because they really enjoy it and for others maybe they just do it because it's good money so there's no one answer, uh, but certainly the produced porn, a lot of it is, is fake. In other words, it's all, it's, it's acted, it's dramatized. So in real life, women may not express their pleasure that way. In real life, guys don't last that long. And like, there's all kinds of things, right? They're actors. And for the most part, unless you're looking at amateur porn, which are people making their own kind of porn movies. And that's a little bit more real, but remember they're staging something. If they're being, if they're filming it, they're doing it for other people to view. So it is staged to some degree right? Angles are staged, that sounds are staged. Like, uh, so it's augmented in many ways, like augmented reality. I don't know, although that's a thing. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not, wouldn't say that it's uh, quite real. Uh, another text writes, millions of sperm are created every day. If some are, if some end up infertile, it's not a problem, right? There are millions of swimmers and, uh, people who uh, like are going through infertility, for example, they'll check the man's, uh, sperm to see the motility of the sperm. Like, are they, how fast are, do they swim? Like how active are those sperm? They can see if, uh, uh, if most are not alive or if there's movement or no movement, so they can tell you the degree of infertility, um, as well. Uh, let's see. Texter writes in the lady who wants implants in 2019 is quite surprising. It's been proven to make you sick for life with these artificial plastic bags, which are toxic. Two major implant companies are prohibited in Europe and Canada 
will now have FDA warnings. Currently, all doctors besides plastic surgeons are now being alerted. Don't put in implants. They are toxic. The plastic surgeons are all amazing. So the ones that I mentioned, are you saying? Um, Yeah, so you would want to really, really uh, do research, really, uh, to find out about this. Um, It's another text wrote, the same one said, 75,000 women are currently explanting. Google it. They're, They're having them removed. But I think there's specific kinds. And a lot of women who had reconstructive surgery after um, breast cancer. Uh, in Canada, I know there's a whole list of them who were uh, implanted with this one particular implant, I guess, which uh, there's studies now that show that there's a link with another kind of cancer. So imagine putting in an implant after cancer to then discover that you can get another kind of cancer. Uh, So that's uh, really scary. Another text writes, you can have a low semen count. Yes, you can have a low semen count, um, which is why uh, usually when you go through uh, fertility, it's one of the things that that gets uh, checked. Coming up, there's a question about addiction to dating. That's interesting. Uh, You don't hear much about that, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Addiction. Uh, to dating. We'll answer a question about that. And there's a question about masturbation and anything else you want to throw my way. You can do that at 514-800 or you can call in at 514-790-0800. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight on the program. Your comments, your questions right here at 514-800, or you can email me anytime, Lori at drlori.com. So a couple of texts in response to some of the questions that we uh, that we've answered already. If your partner doesn't give you the attention that you deserve, you will probably cheat on them. So, in response to one of the uh, the questions I got, um, having experienced plastic surgery and having spoken to many co-patients, physically you are changed, but often your mind still sees the defect, even though the surgery was perfect. That's actually a very good comment on body image. So sometimes we try to change the external, but body image issues come from inside and how we do see ourselves. It's a little bit like the anorexic who looks in the mirror and sees themselves as fat when factually they clearly are not. Um, Is it possible for people to be addicted to dating? I'm back in the dating scene after a six-year hiatus after being a caregiver to a parent. I'm on a couple of sites for gay men, but faces I last saw years ago are still on the search. Is it possible they enjoy the hunt or to be hunted as a game more than being serious enough for a long-term relationship? Perhaps these folks are the ones to be unfaithful. I'm not sure I would make the jump to that. I know that there are people who have been on dating sites for years and they're, they're often either they, um, they leave their profile up there or they haven't found 
I guess, the long-term relationship they might be looking for or they haven't had much luck or what have you. So it's the same uh, same people that are, are still out there dating. It's hard to know, right? Why some do some people have issues with commitment and so they, they're just serial daters and will never really commit to one person? Yeah, that's possible. You're going to find those as well. Just make sure once you're back out there that if you're looking for a long-term relationship that you specify that. Not that that's a guarantee that uh, whoever's going to contact you actually wants that, but at least if you say you're, you want a serious relationship and not a hookup, then make sure you stick to your boundaries when it comes to meeting people so that it's very clear. So if they uh, want to hook up with you and you say, look, I, that's not what my intention, this is not my intention. I'm looking for a long-term relationship. If that's not what you're looking for, then, you know, I don't want to see you again or, or what have you. Like, but stick to your own rules if that's your, if that's your rule. Uh, hi, Dr. Lori, about, about options for men when it comes to birth control. Where's the project that I heard about where they inject a gel inside the tube to block the sperm? Would it be a possibility for the worried men who worried man who is afraid to impregnate his girlfriend? Love your show. Thank you. Um, yes, it, it, of course he can take a pill, but it's not available. So he can't, uh, there's still in the works where it's now in human trials, as far as I know. Um, I, and it serves to, uh, basically block temporarily the, um, the sperm uh, production. So, uh, either, I forget if it stops, it kills the sperm, stops the sperm production. I'm not sure the mechanism exactly, uh, but, uh, it's not yet available, sadly, not yet available. And I don't know how people feel about taking a pill. Like, like the, the latest research actually shows that, uh, the, the newest version of whatever they're testing doesn't affect desire, has very little side effects because the previous ones had a lot of side effects and were actually reducing sexual desire in men which it does the same in women, but women take it, right? Women have side effects. Women's libido can be lowered because of the birth control pill, but women take it. Uh, so it's a little bit different for guys. Uh, let's see. Research should definitely be done on implants because of certain materials having certain degrees of toxicity like silicone that is also used in computers. It's science stuff complicated, right? Like in the Marvel movie, uh, Logan spoiler, if no one has seen the movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> the writer writes, please block ears and say la 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 loudly if you don't want to be spoiled. Logan's healing ability wasn't as effective as when he was younger. Why? Because his metallic bones were poisoning him gradually, hence how he died. Uh, so basically you're talking about poisoning, like the, the implants would be a, a form of poison is what you're saying. Okay. Uh, why do they do surgery for a cleft lip? Is it body image? People do plastic surgery for different reasons, and it could be to proportion your features. Absolutely. I'm not, this is not about saying you should never do plastic surgery or that you have to accept exactly how you're born. And it's not like you can't fix things. And if you choose to, I wouldn't judge somebody who chooses to. I think what the texture was saying really, it's if you think 
If you're unhappy and you think that one thing is going to make your life so different, um, not so much. Maybe in a situation like a cleft palate or a cleft lip, which is far more, let's say, uh, noticeable or you feel like you're getting looked at or you have, you've experienced some kind of trauma because of it, uh, then that's, I think, a very different, uh, it's, it's corrective surgery, right? So uh, things that, that, that make you uh, feel uncomfortable in that respect, I get it. But you're right, people, I mean, they'll have plastic surgery for very different reasons. You could have someone with very small breasts that is extremely self-conscious and, and really, really doesn't like her body because of her, her very, very small breasts and would opt for breast augmentation. It doesn't mean that she has terrible body image necessarily, but that she just doesn't like this aspect um, of herself, uh, which fine. I like more power to the people who want to do something and, and it helps them in that way. It's just that it's not the panacea for all. Like it doesn't fix everything. Uh, it doesn't fix the internal completely for some people who are seeking to change the outside just to thinking that it will change their lives or make them completely happy if they're already not, uh, if they're miserable. I think that's what the texter was referring to. I am an 18-year-old female who is in her first year of college and still lives at home. A year or two ago, I tried masturbation as a way to relieve some of my stress from school, work, etc. As a female, there aren't many resources online that help, and though I feel good when I masturbate, I'm not sure if I'm doing it correctly, especially since with being at home, I can't get any toys to help me. Do you know of any resources or tips about female masturbation? So the, there's one one of my favorite sex gurus, by the way, uh, who she's like been a mentor and she's an amazing, amazing woman, is Dr. Betty Dodson, D-O-D-S-O-N. She is the, basically she's known as the mother of female masturbation. She wrote a book a very classic book called Sex for One. I think there's an accompanying um, video as well. The thing is, there's no one way to masturbate. It's like a trial and error thing, and you discover what works for you. Uh, for, for most women, the most common technique is some kind of manual stimulation to the clitoris, but that can change as you get older and you may need more. And so people use toys, etc. So if it feels good, then you're doing it uh, correctly, so to speak. So you just have to find ways. Some women like to use the, the shower heads. They find that that kind of, that kind of vibration, let's say works well for them. If you have access to a shower head at home and because you can't bring in a sex toy, some sex toys are tiny, tiny, the size of a lipstick, little, little clitoral vibrators, which you can buy and nobody would, would ever discover that. So that's something, uh, certainly that you could, uh, you could experiment with, uh, coming up, we'll talk about, um, well, there was a question. Do uncircumcised men enjoy sex more than circumcised men? Or did I answer this question once before? Uh, maybe the person didn't hear it. So I'll answer that one coming up. with Dr. Lori Batido. 
on CJAD 800. Last couple of minutes here on the show to get your questions in. 514-800 to text in or you can call in at 514-790-0800. This is a show about love, sex, and relationships. So any questions you have about uh, this topic, feel free to send in. Uh, This texter writes in, In response to your texter, I believe they may be correct in their assessment that it's possible to be addicted to dating. As I've been on a site on and off sporadically and still hear the same regular people from 30 years ago soliciting. Those people might have been married, divorced, and back on there again. I don't know. Uh, has it been, has online dating been around for 30 years? No, I don't think so. I think online dating start may have started like 25 years ago or so from what I remember, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure on that history. Uh, Another one says, like a two-inch penis that does the job, a two-inch vibrator should as well. Well, the the two-inch vibrator, it could be the size of a coin. It doesn't matter as long as it vibrates in in terms of what you need in terms of stimulation because the vibrations goes faster than any finger you could use to to stimulate uh, for the most part. Uh, and also writes in a two inch vibrator would be great for anal sex as, as well. Yeah. But it makes sure that uh, if anything, it has a base. If you're inserting anything into the anus, it better have a base. Another text writes, honestly, I like women with small breasts. I don't see a problem with small breasts. I think women should be proud of what they have and not body shame themselves. Well, here, here, I think, uh, if only, uh, you're right. A lot of body shaming, around and a lot of it has to do with our external right everything that we're fed everything we see uh our our expectations of what a perfect body looks like etc etc so yeah there is a problem with that uh do uncircumcised men enjoy sex more than circumcised men that's a really interesting question but and the only thing i can tell you is from what i recall in terms of the studies most studies say there's no significant difference, but you'd have to ask men who were uncircumcised, who got circumcised later in life after they've had sex as an uncircumcised man and having sex as a circumcised man. So if there's anybody out there who's experienced that, could you answer the question, is sex more enjoyable one way or the other way? All I can tell you is there's a lot of uncircum, a lot of circumcised men out there, and I don't hear any complaints about sexual enjoyment simply because they're uh, circumcised. So, but then does it does it matter at what age they get circumcised? A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of circumcisions occur in, in babies, right? Baby boys. So maybe uh, they don't know the difference, but they they know they can still enjoy sex. All right. Uh, oh, the person wrote about the 30 years soliciting phone line dating. Yeah, that was big back then, right? The phone line. So I can see why you said you can hear it. Um, all features of women are fine. Some people are more interested in women with large breasts. Others are more interested in small breasts. It all depends on personal preference. Absolutely. There's no one one way, but we have so sexualized the breast that, and the big breast, I'm not sure why or how or when this came about, but certainly the big breast, the big cleavage, like all of that as a symbol of sexiness. But, uh, I I'm with you. Like, I think 
all women. I, I don't. It doesn't matter the, the size of the breast in terms of how sexy a woman is. At least the way I look at women. But you know, I'm not a guy. I, I don't know. But I, it's just how it's sold around to us. I guess it's it's how we're socialized. Uh, someone once said that women with small breasts are hornier. Is it a myth? Yeah, I, I, I've never seen a study that shows that breast size is anywhere related to level of libido or horniness or what have you. I've, I've never heard that. So, um, But you can certainly look for those studies. I've not seen them. Another question, uh, how to build stamina for intercourse? I'm assuming you're talking about how to build lasting, uh, uh, like how to last longer in terms of ejaculation. So are you a premature ejaculator or not? So that, that all depends. Are you asking to prolong it simply because you just want to last a long time or you don't want to be a premature ejaculator, which means you're ejaculating, say, under a minute or so of, uh, of intercourse. The majority of guys will ejaculate between two and five minutes of intercourse with some going a lot more, some under two minutes. Um, there's ways you can teach yourself or train your body. Um, I just read a text at the same time as I'm talking, which is kind of funny. I'll share with you in a minute. Uh, so there's the stop and start technique, which you can train your penis to, uh, to just to prolong, but you have to be very aware of your point of no return. You have to really, really focus on your sensations so that you would stimulate, you would stop uh, when you came close to that point of no return, you would stop for a few seconds, you would resume again, stop again, resume again, stop again, and see. Some people call this edging, I guess. it's uh, You can find a lot of information online by looking at just typing in the word edging and, and you will see <laughs> a text writes the whole conversation on chest size is so tit for tat. Keep me abreast of the situation. Good one. You're this is very clever. Very, very clever. Uh, all right. Uh, another question. This one you've heard me answer multiple times. Just this asked differently. I can't climax during penetration. Is this physical or mental? Good question. This is the question a lot of women have. What's wrong with me? Why am I not having an orgasm through intercourse? And it's not just women asking, it's their partners, their male partners saying, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you like, I, I'm lasting, I'm doing, I'm like, why aren't you having an orgasm? Again, people don't recognize or don't know the, 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 the truths behind this. And the facts are that the majority of women do not orgasm through intercourse alone. It has nothing to do with the, their mental capacity or what they're thinking about or any of that, of that with regards to penetration. It has to do with the way that we're built. The women need, the majority of women need that the physical stimulation of the clitoral area, but you can get to the clitoris in different ways. There are some women who respond to internal access to the clitoris. So with like stimulation on the inside, like through fingering, for example, um, but we like everybody's built a little bit differently. So it all depends on how close the structure, the internal structure of the clitoris is to the, the vagina. Um, and there was a study done that showed that the women who were able to have 
uh, orgasms through intercourse had a shorter distance between the uh, the entrance to the vagina and the clitoris. So there's a structural thing that uh, that determines this for us. I think it's it's important that we um, that we uh, recognize this. <laughs> another another one made me laugh. This breast size topic will really rack up some comments. Ha ha! I'm telling you, the jokes abound when you talk about sex, don't they? Sometimes I feel like I can barely speak without somebody picking up on something I've said. Ha ha! Pun pun pun. Thank you so much for spending your uh, hour with me. Thank you for sending in your questions. Remember, you can do that throughout the week as well. Send them in through uh, email to laurie at drlaurie.com. That's uh, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. You can connect with me on social media as well at Dr. Lori Betito. My last name is spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Say love is the answer. So go spread.